Hi there. You are listening to the Being Unstoppable podcast, where we talk about being unstoppable in your brand, business, and life. I'm your host, Carolee Fontanelli, and as an entrepreneur, lawyer, course creator, and author, I understand what it takes to strive for the next level. Through 20 years of having several businesses, making a ton of mistakes, and celebrating loads of success, I love to share my secret sauce, tips, and strategies on how you too can become unstoppable. Well, hello and welcome to the Being Unstoppable podcast. I am your host, Carolee Fontanelli, and I'm so grateful and glad that you are here joining me with your air holes again this week. It is so amazing that you are tuning in and truly I am really grateful. Thank you so much for everyone who has left a review for me. It means the world and it really is incredible to be able to reach out by leaving a review because I get to know you as well. So let me just head on over to read out one of my latest reviews. This one is from Larissa Rose. So thank you so much, Larissa, for leaving this amazing review. Hands down, what every woman leading her family, her work, driving her business and being a friend should listen to. So great to hear value-adding tools to support us on our journey. Love this, Carolee. Amazing work. Thank you so much, Larissa. It means the world to have you tuning in. I know Larissa personally, and she is an absolutely unstoppable force uh, and incredible woman in leadership here on the Gold Coast. So thank you so much. It really does mean a lot for you to be leaving a podca- uh, podcast review and for you to be listening in. So that is awesome. Um, so today, let's get stuck into it. I have got a special guest. I'm so excited to be introducing you to Eva Karsitsky. Eva is an incredible woman She is very unstoppable, there is no doubt. She's from the Forever Group and has three businesses, Ladies Up, Forever Events, and The Bride Code. Eva is truly one of these ladies who just goes out and gets what she is looking for, but it wasn't always that way. Eva wasn't always the unstoppable woman that you are going to be meeting today on the podcast. In fact, far from it. Her story is quite shocking and she really has changed her life in a massively huge way. And it's really inspirational hearing her story as to where she's come from, the tragedy that she faced and how she overcame it. So much of our conversation today was about your self-beliefs and manifestation and how you can bring these two practices into your world to change everything in your life, to become the unstoppable woman that you want to become. I really enjoyed my chat with Eva and it was so awesome to talk with her about things that I absolutely love as well, which is manifestation and the law of attraction and all the inner work that you need to do to become self-aware and to create a life that you love. Anyway, without further ado, I would love to introduce you to the most amazing Eva. Well, welcome to the podcast, Eva. It's so great to have you here. I'm so, so, so freaking excited to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Well, what's so great about this podcast is that I don't really know Eva that well 
either. And we're going to get to meet her and learn all about her incredible business and what makes her unstoppable together. So let's get started. Let's hear all about you. Amazing, amazing. You know, this is sort of one of those questions where you're like, how far back do you want me to go? All of it. We want all of it. (laughs) I'm like, oh, take a deep breath in. Okay. So, (laughs) so pretty much, um, I guess I'm from Brisbane, Australia. Anyone listening from overseas or all over Queensland or over Australia. And I was born into a sort of a middle middle class family, um, or upper middle class family, but I guess my parents were quite stingy, like <laughs> most of us. You know, we all sort of have that, that story, money doesn't grow on trees and mm-hmm. all that type of stuff that we have to undo. And I guess I always thought my childhood was quite normal because let's face it, you, you come into the world and there's no one around you. You know, it's not like you come into the world and there's a few other babies hanging around you and they're like, oh, wow, your family's a bit weird or this doesn't work or that doesn't work. And so you, um, you grow up and things seem normal. But what I started to notice in my family was that things didn't really feel normal as a child. I didn't really feel like um, our family was a, a fun family to be in. It was very us and them. My parents were wildly obsessed with status and looking good. And, um, you know, I guess a few of the things that we'll talk about today is um, underlying patterns and all that type of stuff. And, you know, why people are the way that they are, because that really helps you unlock all of the abundance and success that you want to achieve. But my parents were wildly obsessed with status, obviously trying to fulfill significance within them. And it was a very sort of, um, you know, don't hang around those people because they're like this and don't hang around these people because they're like this. And, you know, as a child, um, one of the biggest, biggest, biggest things that we need as humans is human connection. You know, we're pack animals. We need to feel like we're part of a community. It's one of the biggest, biggest, biggest things that um, allows us to feel whole and feel connected. And, you know, I sort of grew up in this um, environment. And then, um, unfortunately, at the age of 13, my father committed suicide. And so it was like I'd I'd already grown up in this place that was a little bit different to a lot of other people's families. And then all of a sudden my father committed suicide and my mum was one of those women. And when I tell you this story, know that I'm telling it with so much love. I don't blame my parents. You know, everyone, everything in life happens for a reason. But my mum was one of those women that was very, um, very, very about herself. My sister and I literally had to like walk home from the age of six and you know, cook our dinner by ourselves and do everything ourselves. And in a sense, it created a lot of independence, Mm. which I'm super, super grateful for. It's also created a lot of patterns and habits that I've had to undo, which I'll talk about a bit later. But it created a lot of independence. And then after my father died, one of the biggest things that my sister and I needed was that love from my mother. But obviously my mother couldn't deal with such a traumatic incident. Mm. So she, you know, pretty much neglected us a bit more or just really focused on herself, for use of a better word. And, you know, uh, spent a lot of time with her boyfriend, making this family environment that I was already in feeling uncomfortable, feeling even more uncomfortable. So as a 15-year-old, I was obviously that person that was going to rebel. Let's just face it, it was bound to happen. I was not feeling it. And um, and I, I don't know if we've ever done epigenetics or anything like that, mm-hmm. but I'm one of these people that is really sensitive to environment. So my house is, you know, like a bit of a catalogue or my office, you know, is very like clean and white space because I just, that's what makes me feel really, really good. 
And in this time at this young age, my environment was really catastrophic. Lots of things were a bit off, like we couldn't have the TV too loud, we couldn't use too much toilet paper, but it just felt like you could cut the tension with a knife. Mm. <laughs> so at the age of 15, um, me being the rebellious teenager I was, I um, you know, kept sneaking out to see my boyfriend and one day my mum caught me and she said, get out. And so I, I did. And, you know, normally that moment you'd be like, okay, well, mum's just being silly, I'm 15, like, you know, I'll just stay. But something in me was like, no, you're never going back to that house ever again. And I don't know how we did, but we made it work. I moved in with my boyfriend, his family. Um, hardest, hardest thing I'd ever done because I was conditioned that status was everything. So here I was having to leave my incredible private school and go to this school that was just not... Um, it was, it was probably like going from one of the best schools in Brisbane to one of the worst schools in Brisbane. I saw people that had, you know, ridiculous amounts of money to people that had nothing and were living on welfare and taking drugs at the age of 15. People that, you know, could read really, really well and, you know, were literally um, speaking Shakespeare to people that could barely read a sentence. So you went from like one world to a whole yeah. different world at the age of 15. And so what, like, what were you thinking when you're at this new school? Oh, my gosh. It was, I was devastated because that other school was actually like my family because home was so uncomfortable for me and so emotional that going to school every day, my friends were so, um, they, they were my family. So it felt like I'd lost everything in life and I had to start over. And I did not fit in at that new school. I was literally, like, I had no friends. I couldn't connect with anyone. I just... Nothing felt right and I was barely making it through. I never wagged school, but I started not going to school. And, you know, I, I ended up doing quite well because I ended up getting my OP and getting out um, and going to university because my family was very obsessed with education. You know, you must have an education. So that was also programmed into me at a young age. You know, you've got to have an education, got to do it. So went to uni, um, and, and in this time of my life, so much had happened so fast that I just started going numb. And I didn't, I didn't know what depression was. Like, even though my father had committed suicide, it wasn't ever something that was like, well, this is depression and this is what happens to you. And when you go through so much trauma at a young age, it affects your nervous system and you physically can't um, cope to your surroundings. And especially me being a person that's so... Um, so um, connected to their environment. For me, it was just massive. And I started not being able to wake up in the morning. I just slept all day. I, like, I, it was like no emotion. So how old are you at this point? This point, I would have been, it would have been about 17 or 16, 17, 18. And this was like the, the really, really, really dark days of my life where I went into a nervous breakdown. I started to try and commit suicide because I was like, well, this is like the, this is the route I've been showing. Like my father can, my father did it. I'm going to do it. So long story short, and I laugh about it now, but I ended up in hospital four times. And each time there was no one there to take me home. I'd broken up with my boyfriend um, at the time. It was a really dark place because I was like living on a friend's couch. It was just and, you know, anyone listening and that understands the law of attraction, when you're in that low, low, low vibration and nothing's working for you, everything was, like, terrible. Like, my immune system was shutting down. I was having, like, staff infections on my face that I didn't even know what a staff infection was until then. 
terrible, terrible things were happening to me, like just, you know, really abusive, um, manipulative situations with men and just, just things that just, it just felt like everything was spiraling out of control. And then on my fourth and final time uh, in emergency, because I had to kill myself, I'll never forget because I woke up with just so much anger. And it was just like one of those things, like I woke up and I was like, why the hell am I still alive? Like I've tried this four times. How can I fail at something that seems so easy? And it was that moment, that breaking point where you, ha- where I reached the depths of pain in my life that I was like, okay, cool, this isn't working. Now I need to shift and I've got to start doing something that's going to change this. And so it was a really, really, really hard thing, but everything starts with the decision, right? Yeah. You've got to make the decision. And I knew that you needed endorphins to make you happy. That's <laughs> incredible that you're able to come to that decision at that point. Well, I, I think, like you know, the first time I didn't, the second time I didn't. And these these were incidences that were mixed with alcohol. So I wasn't really, um, you know, fully comprehensive at the time of each of the incidences, but I just woke up in hospital. And I think on the on the fourth time, you know, it took me four times. It's like you keep trying and trying and trying. It's like that fly that just keeps hitting that window. And then they're like, oh, the window's open. I can just fly through. And so it was like I kept trying and trying and trying and I just hit that wall so badly and it hurt so much. But I was like, okay, cool. This isn't working. And I shifted and I started going to the gym again. I started eating again. Like I was just doing everything the wrong way. And then, um, yeah, and it, it was crazy. Like I, to even think of that, you know, I think we all um, have a purpose and we have something that we're here for. And I know that my story helps a lot of people that are dealing with suicide and depression. So, and it, you know, it's not easy. It wasn't like I just flipped a switch mm-hmm. and I was like, woohoo, like all of the, um, you know, negative um negative cells in me just disappeared. It was really every single day constantly working on myself. And the thing about programming is that our mind wants to keep us safe. We Mm. are programmed and um, our ego wants to keep us in that same mode and that same paradigm. And so every time I moved forward, I'd take a few steps back because I was like, I got to this point where I was in uni and I had um, jobs and money was flowing and everything seemed work to work. But then my mind was like, hang on a second, this is too easy. You're happy. And so I started getting into drugs and I started, you know, taking loads of drugs every single um, week and that was getting me through. And then I sort of hit that another wall and um, I was like, okay, cool, this is not what you want to be doing in your life. You need to clean yourself up and, you know, keep, keep going forward. But the funny thing about life is that, yes, you know, you will sort of go back because your brain wants to keep you safe but it will never, ever, ever be as painful as the first time because you've always overcome that hill. So it was really about this. Um, and back then I was not self-aware at all. Like I didn't have the self-awareness that I have today and it was really just sort of floating through life, you know, just kind of reaching certain milestones and certain points and going, okay, well, cool. it just, is this really what I want for myself? You know, is this really what I want to do and be? And then, and you know, there, there's been so many times along my journey where I've hit these big walls and then I've had to go and look back and it's only been in the last you know three or four years that I've been so self-aware and so conscious and really you know understanding you know the energetics of the universe and law of attraction how everything works and integrating that with my business so that um so that I can help people and so that I can create the abundance that I want in my life and um 
And let's face it, that is what we're here for with the human experience. You know, it wasn't meant to be easy. And how boring would it be if it was? Exactly. So you've got three incredible and successful businesses. So how did you get from that scared little girl that you're talking about at uni who was not very self-aware to making that leap to starting your first business? Mm, Yeah, great question. And I guess what happened for me is that um, I got pregnant and it wasn't, um, I I was lucky. I met my husband, um, you know, in amongst the time where I was dealing with a lot of the depression that didn't work out, but we stayed friends for a few years. And then as I cleaned myself up, and it's something, you know, something really important to remember that is, that is if you don't love yourself, you're never really going to attract the love that you want. So, and that works with anything in life and in business. But when um, we got together, I got pregnant at 23, definitely wasn't really part of my plan. But um, I realised that I was in an industry where I was killing myself. Like I was on call all the time. I was working really, really long hours and I knew that if I was going to continue down that road, I would never have time for my kids. And so what Um, were you doing at that point? I was in the event planning industry. So that was pretty much, um, I'd finished my degree in event planning. So I went to UQ St. Lucia, did my degree there. And anyone listening in that is going to be listening to this and go, oh, I need a degree to do an event planning. No, you don't. There's a lot of things you don't need a degree for, so don't get um, fixated on that, which is part of my journey. Um, Yeah, so I went there. I worked in a lot of different hotels. I did do a few uh, different contracts for large venues and things like that. So I did get quite lucky um, early on. And then, um, and I was really, really lucky that when I did get pregnant at 23, I had done a lot in my life. I was sort of set up in the point where I was ready to go. And my husband was like, why don't you start a business? And it was something that just never, ever, ever crossed my mind. I had no idea what I was doing. And I was like, oh, that sounds like a good idea. Like, it's so easy. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, you know, I think being naive is actually the key. Sometimes it is, isn't it? Because then there's no fear and you just go for it. Oh, yeah, thousand, thousand percent. Like, I was just, I was naive, had no idea. I didn't know, at 23, I didn't know anyone that had started a business. You weren't worried about overthinking things. You just went, <laughs> went, go. <laughs> exactly. Like, it was just the weirdest thing. And then I remember, like, jumping on Google and going how to start a business. And I was literally that person that was just sitting. I was, I was actually on the floor in the middle of a cyclone. I was up in Yapoon, um, anyone in Queensland up north. And, um, yeah, I was just, like, writing out a business plan based on some weird article on Google. And, yeah, I think the first thing that Google said to do was go to an expo. So I went to an expo and I met people there and it was just sort of like the universe slowly connected all the dots. But the first couple of years were really, really, really trying. I kept sort of hitting that brick wall. I was so focused on money Mm. because that's what was conditioned into me and programmed into me. Um, with the childhood that I had, you know, status is everything. You've got to have lots of money. And so I really came at it from the wrong place. I wasn't coming at it from this beautiful place of, you know, how can I serve people and then money be the byproduct of that. It was all, all messed up. And I started to really become obsessed with the fact that two people were given the exact same strategy and one person would become wildly successful and the other person wouldn't. And I was like, what is it Mm. that's making this one person wildly successful? And this one person's doing the exact same freaking strategy, but it's not working at all. And I was like, okay, so it's actually not so much about the outer game. The outer game is important, 
it is hugely associated to the inner game. It's and, e- the inner game's everything, isn't it? It's everything. Because yeah. if you don't have your inner game on, you're actually not stepping into action the way you should be either. Mm-hmm. So your outer game doesn't really work. A thousand percent. And, you know, it's just like what I was um, speaking about earlier with the fact that my programming kept taking me back to that depressed state mm. because that's what my thermostat was at. And it's like looking at who you are and everything you have in life as the the update, the updated version of you or the model that you're running on, the program that you're running on. I sort of explain it like the iPhone. You know, you, you're running on this certain program, so you're only going to be able to operate all of these things on that level. And in order to attract the next level of money, abundance, wealth, staff, you have to upgrade that current software to get to that level so that you can attract the new level or you're going to keep sort of reverting back to it. And this is what I realized. I was like, man, I am running. And this is what most people don't realize is that they're running off that software from when they were born. They're literally running off that software, which is generated from zero to seven years of age. And that's what they're operating on. And so I was like, oh my gosh, like no one ever told me this. Mm. It was always like, you know, how to generate a funnel and a sales page and all of these things. But when you have the inner game on point, which you know so well, all the other stuff is so easy and you can easily manifest things without it being, you know, knowing that sales funnel 10,000%. So it is, um, yeah, one one of the biggest, biggest, biggest things I learned. So I started working on my inner game. And that was really fucking hard. <laughs> yes, that's a lot of hard work. It really is. <laughs> I was like, hold on a second. I thought I was doing the hard work. Like I was the one that was turning up every day. And you know what? And everything happens for a reason. Because I was so focused on the outer work. You know, we had an incredible website that was working well and an incredible brand and all these things. But even though we had all of these things, it was like I was missing a massive piece of the puzzle. And as soon as I clicked into the inner game and started becoming really, really self-aware, the outer game started ridiculously going, you know, the inner game is one of the things, and I don't think people talk about it enough. It's, it's almost like the first thing that you have to do when you start a business, but I can tell you right now, it wasn't on Google when I was Googling it. I was like, how to start a business? And it's not like, well, first of all, you have to become the best version of yourself so that you can run and operate a business. Yes. And then if that happens, your business will succeed. And that's why I honestly reckon that 85% of startups fail because they start a business and they're so focused on the outer game because society only cares about the outer game. We care about how pretty our Instagram looks. We care about how much money we're making. We care about, um, oh my gosh, that person's podcast has this many reviews or look at Carly, she's just looking so freaking incredible in every single photo. I'll never be able to be like that. So we're comparing and we're doing all this crazy stuff with the outer game. But when we're so focused on the outer game, all we're saying when we compare and when we look out is that we're not good enough Mm. to do the things that we want. So we're telling ourselves and our programming saying we're not good enough to do the things we want, yet we want to be millionaires. Yes. As as I say, I say we spend too much time looking sideways instead of staying in our own lane, looking forwards. At, and looking towards other people who are doing incredible, like looking towards people who we want to be like and be as successful as, rather than comparing, look towards them and look forward and stay in your own lane. Mm, I love that. And I, and I think one of the biggest things I learned as well was that 
the things that you admire about someone else is because you have those qualities within you. And it's really powerful to remember that and be like, you know what, well, I'm aspiring to be like this person because I already have those qualities in me. And like attracts like, right? Yes. So that's literally, you know, all the people that are listening to your podcast putting you on a pedestal and it's like, well, hang on a second, you have the same qualities. You are so freaking incredible. And it, I think one of the biggest things as humans is that we don't realise how much um, potential that we have. Like it's absolutely ridiculous how much potential we have and how much um, power we have. And the second that we sort of go inward and we get still and we really focus on that power is when everything else around us can work a lot faster for us and we're actually giving space for the things that we want to attract. So they manifest so much faster instead of, and, and you know, as women, this I don't know if this has been a huge aha moment for you, but we're so in our masculine because society's like hustle, 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 grind, grind, grind. But when you slow down, you actually make so much more money when you're working smarter and not harder, when you're going inward and going, how can I make the most impact without working 10 zillion hours a day and doing all the things? A hundred percent. That is a hundred percent true. And you keep referring to manifesting and, and attracting. So talk to me about that because I I actually haven't talked much about manifestation on the podcast, a little bit when I've talked about goal setting. But personally, I am massively into manifestation, which people in my office they're all lawyers, which makes them very, you know, technical and they're not very woo-woo. So, and because I'm probably more entrepreneurial than lawyer, um, I get it and I love it and I live my life by, you know, the law of attraction and manifestation and all of that kind of thing. But I'd love to hear from you how you've applied that to your life and what you do maybe on a um, daily, weekly or monthly basis to manifest the life you want. (laughs) amazing amazing and look anyone listening and I never started out this way like I literally when I was young I always sort of believed um I always believed that there was a god but my family were completely atheist and um just never really spoke about anything like that and if you're listening in and I lost you at god what I'd like to uh, make aware is that whatever you call it if you're scientific it's just infinite intelligence or you know quantum physics universe source, whatever you call it, it's all the same thing. Don't get um, thrown off by, you know, religious terms or anything like that. I'm actually not really religious. I just believe in a God and I'm quite spiritual in the sense that energy is everything and it's ridiculous how it works. So um, when I started realising that the reason that our program is so important is because every single thought that we think creates, um, creates momentum, creates energy that goes out to the quantum field, to the universe, whatever you want to hear um, call it, and then it comes back at you. So every single thing that you do has an equal or opposite reaction. And it's something I've become really, really, really obsessed with because I noticed that when I was doing a lot and things weren't manifesting, it's because my thoughts weren't matching up to the things that I wanted. And you only have to hold a thought for 68 seconds. And when you hold a thought for 68 seconds, and it's actually more about the feeling as well. So whatever Mm. you're constantly feeling every day. So if you're going through life wanting to be a millionaire, but you don't feel like a millionaire, all that's coming back to you is what you're feeling. Or if if you're feeling desperate all the time. So one of the things when you're early on in business, I found, 
you know, you're so scared of it not working. You're so scared of failure and you're so desperate for it to work. And that's your energy space. That's the space you're holding. And so you're attracting all the things that you don't want to attract rather than holding the space of the belief that it's yours and it's there already. You just have to arrive Oh my God, a thousand percent. And this is, um, and it's funny because I actually had a staff member that's like, I've, I've tried this manifesting thing before. And I just laugh because I'm like, you are always manifesting. A hundred percent. Every single thing that you have, like to, to find out where you are, all I need to do is look at you. Like what, like I know exactly what you're thinking based on everything that you have in your physical reality. Because like attracts like. Like if um, I wanted to be a guest on your podcast, and I didn't feel worthy enough to be a guest on your podcast, you would not have invited me on because you would have read the email and gone, well, something feels a bit iffy here and I don't want to have her on. And it's the same thing with clients and sales. If you are selling something and you feel bad about selling and you know, you're thinking I'm not worthy enough to sell it for this price, that client's going to go, well, this looks nice, but I actually don't want to buy it from that person because it just doesn't feel quite right. And it's because you're putting off that energetic field. And it, it's, and this is a really easy way of explaining it. Like we're all connected and every single person I feel has had this sort of instance where they're like, I was just thinking about you and then you text me or I was just going to call you and you just sent an email or I was actually just thinking about being a guest on a podcast and then someone just sent me an email to invite me to be a guest on their podcast. And when we're dealing with law of attraction, one of the things that you'll often hear is uh, if you're feeling in alignment. And the only thing that you need to do to feel in alignment is feel good. Because every single thought and feeling has a frequency. So if you're feeling depressed or you're feeling sad or you're feeling low or you're feeling jealous or envy, all those things that don't make you feel too good, you're vibrating at a lower frequency. Whereas when you start vibrating at a higher frequency, like joy, enlightenment, you know, coming from a place of feeling like you have everything, mm-hmm. everything starts attracting to you. A hundred percent. And also we um, we forget that we're a, we're in this law, attract, law of attraction zone all the time. I'll give you an example of something recent that I, I always say to the girls at the office, oh, I'll manifest that. Don't worry, I'll manifest that. And they think I'm very weird, but it's absolutely true. Anyway, I was, uh, for ages, it's really hard sometimes to get family lawyers and really good family lawyers. Um, You know, they stay in their jobs for a really long time. Um, They're very often loyal to who they work for and all of that kind of thing. So it can be difficult sometimes to employ people when you need someone. Anyway, for months and months, I was not able to get a new staff member and I realized it was me that was the block because I had a story. And the story was, was that there's no one good out there. There's no one good out there at the moment. And I was talking to someone about it and then the penny just dropped and I realized, Carly, for someone who's constantly talking about manifesting, you are manifesting exactly what you don't want. And I literally changed the scenario. I did a little bit of journaling on it. Next minute. I've got the perfect employee on my doorstep wanting to come and work for us. So it it does absolutely 100% work in everyday instances just like that. And I love that you said that because it's like the, that you said that you are the block because in a lot of the ways, like the, 
the money's right there. Mm-hmm. The things that you want to manifest in life are right there. The ideal clients are right there. The only thing is you need to get out of the way to receive them. Yes. And you have to, and this is also one of the biggest things that I work with women on because they're like, I don't understand why this isn't working. And you've got to look at it like an energetic game. So if I was to um, engage you for family law and pay you your fee and not feel good about it, when people go to buy something from me, they're going to pay my fee and they're not going to feel good about it. Or they're from because that's energy. And this is one of the biggest things, you know, when, um, and I do a lot of work around money blocks and um, money because I've had to work on it so much myself, you know, coming from my childhood to really get to the abundant state that I'm in. And it's such a flow and, you know, dealing with those blocks and going, okay, cool, like what do I want to attract and why hasn't that come into my physical reality and what are the stories around it? And, you know, for me, it's, it, it, it is a lot about going back to that inner child. That's why meditating is so, so, so good. And anyone listening here that might, you know, I've never meditated in my life. Meditation, like I started becoming like ridiculously obsessed and I was like researching all these people um, that were billionaires and really understanding their success traits and their habits and the things that they all did. I could not find one that hadn't meditated. And the reason that meditation is so powerful is because you still your mind and in the moments that you still your mind, everything attracts to you because you have no blocks. And if you're sitting there thinking, well, I just can't meditate, honestly, do the guided meditation. Mm. And it's also rewiring your brain for more abundance because that's the inner work. And if we're exercising and we're doing things on the outside like eating well, why aren't we exercising our brains? Why aren't we nourishing our mm. brains? Why aren't we taking care of them? Because they're the most powerful things that we have and they're controlling absolutely everything, everything in our physical realities. So, yeah, I, I love that you journal as well. I found journaling like so, so, so powerful and just, yeah, anything, just asking yourself the question every single day. Like, um, and you, I don't, you, have you ever used affirmations before? I'm sure you have. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you're all over it. Yeah. You've been doing it for years. Um, because the brain loves repetition. It just loves it. And if you want to change a habit, it's like, I always say it's like the, the switch cost. You have to get so uncomfortable with where you currently are. So moving to the upgraded version of you becomes easy. A hundred percent. Yeah. And it's like, what? What's the switch cost for you to get the dreams that you want? Because most people are like, well, I'm just so comfortable here. And in a lot of the cases, the switch cost is fear. It's vulnerability. It's um, uncertainty. But that's the price that you need to pay to jump into that deep end and to get to that update of you. And the reality is that the second that you choose fear or vulnerability or exposure or whatever it is, um, jumping into the deep end, you're going to find that the universe rewards you so, so, so well because it's like, oh, well, hang on a second. They don't want to keep doing this. They don't want to keep getting the same results. They actually want this version. And that's when you get to quantum leap and um, which we probably won't go into today, but that's probably another scary topic. But um, yeah, it's just all the exciting things start manifesting and happening because you're thinking differently. And when you keep thinking the same way, you're going to keep getting the same results. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. And that's also why manifestation is so powerful as well, because if you are truly in a manifesting state and you believe that that thing that you want is there waiting for you, then there's no fear in going ahead and moving towards it. 
Yeah, a thousand percent. And that's why the the affirmations on repetition, you know, um, and it actually uh, was doing a course recently that was talking about um, when you do the affirmations, you know, obviously I am is really powerful. I do that a lot of my kid. But when you ask your mind why, so why am I multimillionaire? Why do I have uh, this many clients? Why do I have this dream house? Why do I have all these things? Your brain starts looking for those opportunities because you've asked that question. And anyone that studied the brain, you understand that we have this um, reptilian activating system that goes and searches for those opportunities and brings them back into our physical reality. It's like when you go looking for a car and then you start seeing that car everywhere, then the car's always been there. It's always been on the road, but you start noticing it everywhere because that's in your reptilian activating system that's trying to bring it into your physical reality. So yeah, the subconscious mind is so, so, so powerful. And it's all just pretty much tied into manifestation. And it's really important to understand. Um, I always say it's like the weeds. We're constantly plucking out the weeds in our mind so that we can create this beautiful garden that only attracts the things that we want into our life. A hundred percent. So um, if people want to find you or work with you, you know, how do you help people? How can they find you? Amazing. Yes. So um, pretty much right now with um, coronavirus and everything going on in the world, we, my main place of hangouts, ladies are, that's where I get to do what I love. And honestly, if you're in a business and there's things that you're doing every day that you don't love, I highly recommend that you change that because life's short and no one on their deathbed ever said, I wish I'd worked harder. Yeah, that's so. true. <laughs> <laughs> so get a PA or, you know, people that can really, really, really help you and support you. So my um, hangout place is ladiesup.co um, on Instagram. And on Facebook, we have an incredible community, Ladies Up in Business. And what I do these days is um, we host regular events. So I'm constantly speaking and I do a lot of business coaching. And, you know, I never really liked the term life coaching, but you can't focus on your, your, your sole business, how you do one thing, how you do everything. So it's I all in the same, isn't it? You're, you're being in business or working like we're when there's, it's not life work balance. It's just life. You're, exactly. You're all the same person, um, whether you're at home or at work, and um, all of the professional and per- personal development that we do, um, you know, works in all areas of our life. Yes. Oh, yeah. That thousand percent. So yeah, for me, it's about how do we unlock you to become the best possible version of yourself. Um, because it's just been an incredible journey for me. Like I've invested well, 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 well over six figures on, you know, personal development and training and feel like sorting out this negative programming that I started my life with and getting to the abundance that I have. So I work a lot with women and, you know, releasing patterns that are giving them the same results and unlocking that to get to the abundance that they want and creating their dream businesses. So that's just what I freaking love doing. I could do it with my eyes closed and, um, yeah. That sounds amazing. Well, it's been awesome having you on the podcast today. Thank you so much for spending the time with us. And I absolutely love the conversation so much. And I would love to have more conversations like this because um, I could talk about this stuff all day. Um, I try and keep the podcast uh, the the length of a commute because um, that makes it nice and easy. I always imagine myself on the M1 driving from the Gold Coast to Brisbane and how long it takes me to get there. 
<laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Yes. So it's been great having you on here and um, I will put all your details in the show notes as well. So if anyone um, is looking for you, they can find you and um, hopefully we can get to a Brisbane event once everything starts coming back yes, online. Yeah, definitely anyone wanting to come to Brisbane events, definitely, um, yeah, check us out. And um, if you do love manifestation and all those things, definitely come and listen to the Ladies Up podcast because... Yeah, I do talk about a lot of lot more woo-woo <laughs> stuff over there. But um, thank you so much. I've had the best time being with you and um, chatting with you and listening to your wisdom as well. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Being Unstoppable podcast, brought to you by my personal brand, Freebies, which you can find at caroliefontanelli.com. If you got value from this week's episode, I would love it if you would hit subscribe and take a minute to leave me a review. You can connect with me on Instagram or Facebook. Just search for Carolee Fontanelli. Until next time, remember, if you believe in yourself, you will be unstoppable. <laughs>